I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to getlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to getlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at getlatka.com. Thank you, Ray, for kicking this off. Because we're recording, thank you, Nathan, and all the Founder Path for pulling this together. It's a great community we've been part of for several years. I want to talk about three frameworks to help you forecast and inform your board. And make this interactive to come into it. As it says, my name is David Apple. I run the global SaaS vertical at Sage. And Sage is the world's largest provider of solutions to the office of the CFO. And I've been part of winning the business of over 2,000 clients. And a lot of this is the amalgamation about what's come from those discussions because we want to pay it forward to everybody. So over the next 20 minutes, we're going to cover three different things. How to identify your targets, how to identify your metrics, set your targets, and how to track progress. It comes over the time, and I want to make this interactive for everybody, how the pieces come together. So let's get started talking about uh, identifying the metrics. But just really quickly, I'd like to know who is everybody. Who here is in sales and go-to-market or marketing? Okay. Who here is in finance? Thank you. Who here is a CEO or founder? Okay, great. Just get a feel for everybody that's coming in. The first thing I want to just talk about is uh, I want to put this in a story because what you really ultimately want to do is just in your story that you're telling is what's your meaningful underlying business dynamic that you're telling across these different metrics that are here. I want to tell the story of the French cathedral builder. In the 14th century in medieval France, there was a cathedral builder hustling down the dirt road. He passed three people stacking bricks. He said to the first one, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm stacking bricks. Okay. He passes the second one, what are you doing? Oh, I'm stacking bricks to build a wall. Okay. He passes the third person, what are you doing? Oh, I'm stacking bricks to build a wall in order to learn how to build a cathedral one day. You fast forward in the future, first person's dead, second person's barely scraping by. Anybody want to take a guess what the third person's doing? Thank you. Building cathedrals. And so... You earn your client's business through automating some core process and, in return, close deals. Critical, but it's only stacking bricks. If you've done it right, you put in the data intelligence layer based upon the information that you've created in the firm. Critical, but it's only building a wall. If you really have understood from your product market fit what's happening in the market, you understand how to help them prosecute the mission and have a shared consciousness amongst executive team on the process that you're helping optimize in a way that quantifies that. And that's how you help build your clients' cathedrals. And it's so critical to be thinking that way with today's market uncertainty when so many contracts are getting cut, budgets getting lowered, negotiations are rehappening. So you think about what is your cathedral building uh, mud, meaningful underlying business dynamic. For stacking bricks, there's the core six C's. If anybody, has anybody taken Ben's SAS Metrics Academy? Of course, thank you. There's always one, at least one customer in every room, Ben. If you haven't, Ben's world class at helping educate you on what's happening here. But 
underneath all this, there's the core metrics that the investors are going to look at. I'm happy to send the slides to anybody who wants to see it coming afterwards. But then <clears throat> there's a lot underneath this based upon your billing model that's critical to what's actually going to happen. What's the quantity of your customers? What's the length of your contracts? Usage billing or subscription or transaction? Land and expand or a simple uh, deal that comes through? Are you young, high growth? Are you private equity buyout with the slower growth model? You just have to constantly pick red pill or blue pill on what it is is going to be unique about your business, but whatever you're doing to tell the story, it needs to be tied back to this and how revenue is coming in to what's happening with you're trying to, how you're trying to help build the cathedral. Now, I want to share underneath this, we do a lot of work with key bank capital markets. They are the number one IPO, uh, investment bank for IPOs. And this is 12 different firms that went public and how they calculate churn. Look at the different ways that people are calculating how the numbers come in. The point here is you can create it your own way. Because right now we're about identifying what the metrics are that you want. It's, and it's almost the journey as opposed to the destination on coming together as an executive team on how are you going to define walls or bricks, walls, and cathedral with the clients. And the thing I love about, I just point out box, you can see that in the back, implied ACV. Does anybody know what implied ACV is? Customers that spend over $5,000 a year in ARR with them. They drew that line, but there's that kind of flexibility in the metric that you build as long as you've done it together. And I see Ray smiling because part of the SAS metrics board is to try to, standards board is to bring some continuity and consistency to this, how it all comes together. Underneath all this is your cohorts. Because as you grow as a company, there's different stages upon the maturity that you have that we're going to talk about in the next section. And as you win clients, there's different reasons on why you've won their business, but you want to stack rank them so you're back to what's the meaningful underlying business dynamic tied to financial metrics, but against the cohorts of the customer that you have. And this is the underpinnings of the story. Every year I go to the large investment banks annual investor conferences, and so they just had them two weeks ago in San Francisco, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, JMP, Key Bank. And because I work with a lot of the, the boards of directors of our clients, trying to understand how they tell their story. And this is the pattern upon which how they're really telling the story. We, we could weave in TAM and a couple other things but for the purposes of getting this done. So I just want to ask everybody, because I want to make this interactive, whether you want to write it down for yourself or uh, bring it up into the group, what is your cathedral building key underlying business measure that you have? Does anybody want to volunteer it? Or if you just want to think to yourself and write it down, or if you don't know, think about how you can, uh, for those of you that go to market leaders, the CEOs, how can you lead that conversation with your executive team and with your board? Because when everything's important, nothing's important. So how do you really know what that one measure is in order to guide everybody? And that, that's the central part of your story. Humans forget facts. You'll forget most of this presentation. I hope you remember the cathedral building story. And I hope you think about how you apply that as the one thing in that story. The metric is stack and bricks. What's the metric for you? For our business, it's how do we win the billing model of our clients. That's the number one thing we can do is do they build their entire process and building model with us. And that's what everything's managed around. Hey, Drew, how's it going? Thanks for coming. 
Let's get into section two, setting your targets. So we've done a lot of work and found a pattern on how companies grow and oversimplifying it. But seed, product market fit, series A, prove you can sell it. Series B, prove you can expand and keep those customers. Series C and beyond, make it repeatable, profitable, and predictable. And then a big milestone, take a capital efficient model, move it to adjacent products and geographies. This is the continuum that whatever it is you sell, whatever your billing model is, this is what your smart, astute investors, whether it's debt or founder path or venture or private equity, this is the encapsulated in just a one simple theme what it is they're looking for you to do that you need to then be able to forecast against. So who here is uh, zero to three million? Okay, good, half, half of you. I just want to go in depth a little bit on this, and again, I'm happy to send the deck out. And I'm oversimplifying the world because running a business can get put into a lot of variables. But there's three things that folks are looking for. Do you have a good value prop as defined in the revenue growth? Do you understand your customer as defined as good sales cycle and starting to build a repeatable model? And then can you demonstrate the value of your customers, which is the average sales price and ability to dictate what you think the growth of sales is going to be based upon the sales price. This is what investors are looking for in this stage in order to get to the next level on what it is you need to forecast for what your MUD is. Uh, for everybody, for each of these, I'm just going to ask of you, based upon the stage, which of these three you think you're strongest on? I don't, you don't need to tell me unless somebody wants to volunteer, but wherever you're taking notes or something like that, which of the three of you strong, are you strongest on? Which of the three do you think you could take the most amount of work to improve and ensure you're clear as a team? Because I want to make this a good takeaway for everybody from having attended this session. Then next stage, an ARR that's coming up. How are you different is defined by the win rate. How are you repeatable based upon the sales cycle to get to the revenue nut that you have? And then how are you demonstrating the unit economics with what your CAC is and then what your LTV to CAC ratio is underneath. So back to whatever makes you specific and unique, this is what people are looking for at this stage to forecast against, to be able to put in. But the, tr the trick is, is because there's so much variability always and certainly right now with all the economic uncertainty that's out there, what's happening with the pieces that come together. 10 million plus, are you starting to get some good traction in your space as the market's starting to coalesce. Everybody's read Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm, right? In the bowling alley, everybody's beating each other's heads in. Who's coming out as the market leader? They're trying to track that as the growth rate over the benchmark. Are you ready to scale based upon, have you figured out your sales velocity curve with the efficiency out of your sales team? And then do you have a good financial profile and rule of 40 kind of comes and goes and how critical it is, but it's still so important tracking profitability. Who here is profitable right now, by the way? Okay, congratulations. For the uh, video people, half the room is profitable. So as you're listening, are you profitable or not? This is the pieces that you want to do. And again, think to yourself, if you're getting into this stage, which of these are you strong on? And which of these are you not as strong as you could be on in order to get together and come together. You don't necessarily, as the leader, always have to have the answers, but you do need to facilitate the process to have people come together to think about how they are going to measure this. So back to this, where are you strong? Where are you concerned? 
on setting your targets. Then let's move into the last one, forecasting, tracking progress. There's different types of forecasts that plan your stretch and your BHAG. Your plan is 60% likely to hit. And this is what you want to do in building what your valuation's coming from against these metrics that we've talked about. But this is what you want to uh, guide the team on. This is what you want to talk about in company meetings. This is where the pieces are. The stretch is 30% chance of beating. This is the rally target for the company around a big milestone. And I want to encourage something because I've seen so many different company cultures that have come together over time. This is how you reward folks for trying new things, for taking a risk. This is where the job becomes fun. So instead of beating people over the head that experiments don't work, for those who saw Anand's presentation about CB Insights, don't reward failure and like make failure fun, but also don't punish failure for trying to take a shot in order to make the business more successful. And then you've got your, your BHAG, the 10% likely to beat, but this is dream big. You've already taken the risk in not working for AT&T or Coca-Cola or something like that to work at a startup. Uh, what is truly, if you could really move the needle, but have this, talk about this, reward the experiments that are coming in order to put out this. And these are the three forecasts that you want against your bricks, walls, and cathedral building underlying dynamics based upon the stage that you're at and the strengths and the weaknesses that you've got. And here's a classic model. Uh, there's different funnel mechanics based upon what your billing model is. It's hard to put everything on one slide, so just start here. But essentially, visitors to closing to MRR to understanding what your underlying costs are. And there's, here's five classic ways that people can forecast. Historical data, opportunity stage, the length of the sales forecasting. The world's changed so much and you know, I've been on calls constantly every day since Wednesday about Silicon Valley Bank for their, uh, uh, many of our customers bank with them or have debt from them. We use them as payment rails for one of our business lines. And so underlying pieces, there's so much change that's happening right now. Uh, and what does that possibly indicate for the, what the underlying issues were that happened to Silicon Valley that are kind of structural issues potentially in the fundraising and technology markets? I'm not going to get into that publicly on a recorded uh, discussion, but if anybody wants to talk about it afterwards, I'm happy to spend some time because I've spent a lot of time with Silicon Valley Bank and investors on this. And so I've got this because this is what you really need to try to apply right now, the multivariable analysis because there's so much fluidity on the metrics that you've got in your business, but external factors that are coming around, including cost of capital. And I want to pull out a spreadsheet. This is one of Ben's uh, spreadsheets, because I'm really a big fan of the stuff that he's created over time. For those of you who haven't seen it, Ben's put a lot of different forecasts that are out there, and a uh, big proponent of his, so I have a chance to download it. To take a look at it, this is his uh, the multi-year forecast model that's out there, and as you can see, there's multiple tabs based upon the inputs that are coming in here to put the pieces in, and all kinds of data that you can put in to have the data come in. This is where, so I would, this is the third part of the presentation on tracking progress. You've identified 
what your measures are. You try to set some what the targets are that you want to go after, and then here's where you want to track the progress that comes out of this. And I want to share, though, back to as powerful as this is, and it's a good spreadsheet that Ben has built, the rub is when you're pulling data from so many different places, your tech stack becomes just a big colossal mess. And you might not have to do it as the senior folks, but it's people on your staff underneath. Someone has to do all the reconciliation across all the systems, and then you just don't know. Everything's delayed. There's a chance of error, and you don't know which system is the accurate and correct one, and this is where forecasts start to get blown up. And I just put this in as an example of a tool that's out there, is the ability to take the best of what Ben's model was, and this is you scale up a little bit bigger and the company becomes more sophisticated and much more variables and third pieces are out there. The ability to add in assumptions that adjust for what you think your big measures are, what your stages are, is where real sophisticated modeling comes in. But there's only effective if we've done those first two things up front. What are the metrics that people have mostly good consensus on that are back to tactical execution, but then also really making the mission of the company come together, and then put those in and then test them on a 60-40 plan, a 30-70 plan, a 10-90 plan to have something to, to be measured against. Because the first, again, the first part of our talk was a little bit of high-level strategy. This is where the operational execution occurs. And there's so many different ways that you can put the assumptions in, but you want to make sure you're tracking all those because the black swan events of things happen outside the parameters of your control. Anybody seen the movie Margin Call came out, right? It's so funny, I just, for a variety of reasons, I just rewatched it last weekend before everything happened this week. But that's, that's a classic uh, black swan event. And so you're the leaders how are you managing against a 60-40, 30-70, 10-90 plan when there's so much variability and it's so hard to do it in your head and it's so hard to do it in a spreadsheet? And there's some benchmarks you can do. Um, we work with KeyBank on their annual SAS survey. We also work quite a bit with Ray. If everybody hasn't uh, been involved with his performance benchmarks that's coming on, he's got the next set of data that's coming in in order to participate in that, and that's a very powerful thing to participate in to get the data. But the point of all this is, is you're trying to pull all this together. There's benchmarks that you can compare yourself against to guide the team in on how we're doing. Again, knowing that how people calculate these are very different from that slide we showed about how the 12 different companies calculate revenue, but on gross dollar churn, on net dollar retention. So, kind of wrapping all this up. We talked about three things, identifying your metrics, setting your targets, and tracking the progress on where the business came together. Well, if anybody's interested, feel free to email me at david.apple at sage.com. And we built a large Slack community of hundreds of your peers who all come together to try to help each other out. And just go to bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, one word, and get into that community. Do we have time for questions? Unfortunately, we don't. Okay. But please reach out to David. I mean, he's had so much information to try to fit in 20 minutes. Pull him aside, and he'll provide you more one-on-one personal advice. Thank you, David. Of course. Thank you.